Hey, 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 it's Crystal, the goddess, and I'm the creator and owner of the House of Divinity. And welcome to the House of Divinity podcast, a place where we have divine discussions all about raising your vibration, activating and aligning your chakras, and really just tapping in and being your most divine goddess self. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, 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 it's Crystal, the goddess, and I just wanted to come on here and give you a little disclaimer this week because um, I guess you can think of it more of like a trigger warning because we are talking about something very heavy, very life-threatening, very traumatic, and we are talking about conquering cancer, and to be specific, conquering breast cancer. Now, Crystal, why are you talking about this? Because if this, bo- if this podcast is all about living life as your most divine goddess self, you cannot do that if you're not here. And I'm super huge on spreading awareness if that is not known already. This whole podcast is about elevating topics and reminding topics and things for us to be aware of so that we can live life as our most divine God itself. This week, we are joined by a guest who I happen to know, but the uniqueness in this is that she's actually, you know, my age, I believe <laughs> we're the generation of the millennials. And, you know, that's that's really young. And I want us to spread awareness and have her here to tell her story, which I'm so grateful for. And the level of transparency you will hear. We we go into details about so many things, but I did want to warn you because things do get deep, and you'll catch that by my moments of speechlessness. And I just wanted to come on here and you know forewarn you that the topic is real, you know. And I'm really looking forward to hearing feedback, hearing what you all have learned and gained, because I have learned so much from this conversation, and I'm looking forward to you all learning a lot from this as well. But I was just, you know, Spirit was like, you might want to let people know before we dive into this. So yes, we are talking about, which you can see from the title, but I just want to let you know, we are going to go deeper about some things that are serious, and if you can thug it out, you know, it's not nothing too wild, but just know we are having these conversations two ways to raise awareness and make sure you check up on yourself today because it's real and it's out here and it's taking people out and you know we need we need to be aware so enjoy the episode welcome 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 to another episode of the house of divinity podcast i'm your host crystal the goddess but i have a special guest with me today so i don't want to say too much i want you to talk a little bit and introduce yourself before i talk about like how we know each other and stuff like that okay hi i am cynthia i am the owner and founder of our fight um, a nonprofit geared towards helping women um diagnosed with breast cancer under 40. I love the specifics of under 40, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. So Cynthia and I actually, again, go, when I say way back, like, and I still feel young, so it's hard to say, like, we were kids, because I barely feel like I'm out of being a kid, but we actually went to high school together. We're on the cheerleading team together, and it's funny, because my friends be like, you are such a cheerleader, too, because I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yes. So... I know Cynthia, and it's interesting because when we talked on the phone the other day, we were like, we ain't talked in years. Like, probably, has it been 10 years? I don't know. But high school, probably, yeah, like probably fresh (laughs) out of high school. Mm -hmm. What is it called when you go back for homecoming? Homecoming. I'm pretty, I feel like we've probably seen each other at homecoming, and that was a long time ago. 
But <laughs> I wanted to have Cynthia on because like she said, she has a nonprofit organization and that keyword of under 40 really really stood mm-hmm. out to me because like I said, we the same age. Yeah. And this is such a huge deal and something really big for someone our age to go through. Mm-hmm. And so you know, this podcast is all about really just living life as your most divine God itself. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring you on to talk about your healing journey as you went yeah. through that whole process. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of the podcast, I love to start with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so really just expressing gratitude for whoever and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll start off by saying I want to express gratitude to you. Like, I'm just so grateful that you actually was like, yeah, I'm going to come on here and talk to strangers. Um, but really just for like the level of vulnerability that mm-hmm. it takes and the transparency that like I'm looking forward to us having in this conversation. Yeah. And really, to me, it's all about just having this conversation, especially yeah. like you said, with folks under 40. Right. So I want to extend gratitude to you. Thank you. Um, I want to extend gratitude to you for having me, of course. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I'm just grateful for every day. Cause when I got diagnosed, it was like, oh shit, am I going to die? I don't know what's yeah. going on. Like all your mind just starts going crazy. So every day is just a blessing for me. I love that. Yeah. Shout out to, look, every day, seriously, every morning I do gratitude before I get out the bed. That's like part of my routine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I thought about this recently cause you know, my mom transitioned, you mm-hmm. know, back then, but I really think about like, I don't know if people know how much. A privilege it is to really wake right. up every day because my mm-hmm. mom passed when she was asleep, like in her sleep. Wow. I woke up before her, mm-hmm. went to church, and then got the news. So mm-hmm. it was like, yo, she really just didn't wake up the next day. Right. And so when you said like just every day, that really like mm-hmm. is hitting home. So yeah. <laughs> I want to go ahead and transition into our healing highlights. So the healing highlight is a part where I talk about maybe a herb or a crystal, just something that can be helpful along anybody's healing journey. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to shout out red raspberries. So I actually have some here. Ugh. But red raspberry, have you heard of red raspberries before? No. So it's an herb. This herb is in capsules, Mm -hmm. but it's an herb that's really known for the healing benefits to the female body. Mm -hmm. And because we're talking about something so specific to the female like experience, (laughs) I was like, this herb is perfect. And so it helps like regulate hormones. It's really big for like your menstrual cycle. So if you have like heavy periods, Mm -hmm. um, painful periods, this helps Mm -hmm. also with pregnancy. So it's known for like, um, if you're trying to lower the risk of miscarriages, which mm-hmm. I've heard crazily enough, a lot of women, again, our age have been experiences like multiple miscarriages. Yeah. So this is known for that. And then like nausea that comes with pregnancy. And then mm-hmm. even outside of all of that, it's known for being like an energy booster. Okay. So I was like red raspberry. I'll show y'all. I'll also put this. I'll put this on my site too, because this is from the uh, Dr. Gosbrand. Have you heard of him? Okay. No. He's in Compton. Oh, actually, yeah, I have. My mm. grandma used to work there a long time ago because she used to bring home like CKLS. Yes, yes, I have some of that too. <laughs> so, yes, Dr. Goss just passed away recently, actually. Really? Yes, yeah. but he has his um, his shop still in Compton mm-hmm. to this day. And so I have a few of the herbs because I'm a part of whatever their team is that are able mm-hmm. to like second sell the herbs. Okay. So I'll add this to the shop at... Um, 
House of Divinity by KTG.com. Search Red Raspberries. I will put it up there. But I remember even as a child, mm -hmm. I used to have like painful cramps. Mm -hmm. And I remember my aunt recommended it because she was giving it to my cousin. So that mm -hmm. was the first time. Again, going oh, back yeah. to high school. <laughs> oh, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And mm -hmm. I forgot all about it till I was at the Dr. God shop. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, shoot, I remember. So I grabbed them because, you know, these periods, these yeah. menstruals, they take us out sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, let me get these for the girls. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Okay, so good let's. It is good to know. <laughs> so if you do have like any friends or whoever who has like real mm -hmm. bad periods, try it. Okay. I was never consistent because I always hated like pills because it was a mm -hmm. capsule, especially in high school. I was like, I'm yeah. not. So I was never consistent. But okay. if you know anybody, look, I'm like, I need to get some people to try it out. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> um, I want to go ahead and transition into our dynasty discussion. Okay. So the dynasty discussion, I always call this the meat and potatoes of mm -hmm. the topic of the day. And so, like I mentioned, you being starting this whole organization under 40, mm -hmm. but not only starting it, the fact that you went through what I consider a traumatic experience. Yes. What I don't <laughs> like, I feel like traumatic is a dramatic word to use. And mm -hmm. I even Googled it because I'm like, are you being extra? But no. traumatic really, like what it said was like, it's an emotional distress yeah. type situation. I was like, mm -hmm. absolutely traumatic. Yeah. Right. And then to me, it also means things of like, it's a life threatening. Like you said, mm -hmm. you were, you had that fear. And so I wanted to start from the beginning of this journey of being number one you already mentioned it but like breast cancer mm -hmm. so you found out you were diagnosed with breast cancer mm -hmm. how did you find out so i think i was in the shower and i was just washing up and i kind of just felt something mm. um so i'm not gonna lie i ignored it at first i was like maybe i'm tripping or it's in my head but then i kept feeling it um so i was like oh i have um an appointment coming up with um, OB so mm -hmm. to get my pap smear so I'm gonna just wait for that mm -hmm. um, and then she felt it and she told me oh you I'm gonna refer you to a breast specialist so I went there and they were like oh it's probably nothing um, it's it's probably what they call um, a fibrodenoma and she said that's kind of common in women our age it's mm -hmm. just um, a lump it kind of feels hard but it's nothing did so, they did they say that before running any tests? It was just based off feeling. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Was, she was like, "Go home. You're fine." No, I'm not about to go home. Fine. You're mm -hmm. telling me there's yeah. for sure a lump there. So yeah. Um, after that, they um, scheduled me for a a biopsy and no, I take that back. A ultrasound. Mm -hmm. At the ultrasound, once they seen what they seen, they gave me a biopsy right away, and mm -hmm. then. Um, I think I got the news. I was like by myself at work when I got the phone call. Wow. And they told you over the phone. Mm -hmm. I told them that they could. They was like, do you want to come in? Or, and like, I was heck like, no, tell me now. Just tell me. Yeah. I was like, so you can call me and give me the results. And yeah. yeah. How old were you when this happened? 29. Wow. Okay. And so this was how long ago? About. I was diagnosed in January of 2020. 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not 2020 already. Right. <laughs> Girl. 2020 was already. It was already a year done for, the for me before COVID even yeah. happened. I was over it. <laughs> so. Wow. So then take me back. I want to do what I think of like, okay. So you find out you were diagnosed. What was the next mm -hmm. step after you got that call? Um, I got the call and then they immediately start telling me like next steps, like, 
um, scheduled me for all of these appointments. So I got scheduled for a mammogram. I got scheduled to meet with an oncologist, um, a surgeon, a plastic surgeon, like um, a genetics test. I just basically got a whole bunch of appointments set up. Okay. Um, once that first appointment was kind of to tell me like the stage you were that stage I was in and the logistics of that and how it was going to be moving forward. And what's an oncologist? The cancer doctor. Got it. And then what stage did they say? I was stage two triple negative breast cancer. Does that mean it's more aggressive? Less like how does that fall? Okay, into? so I won't I won't try to think of the names, but there's yeah. there's basically three receptors of breast cancer, okay. and I was negative for all three of them. Okay, so that's why they call it triple negative. Okay, and then. Um, Triple negative is more aggressive and it is more common in younger minority women as well. Wow. So. Number one, I'm taking a bag because if it's negative, you think like, oh, that's good news. I'm negative <laughs> right. like three times. And they're like, no, that's worse. And then it also when you said younger minority women, it makes me think about like what what is it about us that makes it more like prevalent in us? Like, I'm wondering, is it the food? You know, is it the food? Yeah. Is it, like, activities? Mm. Like, what? Like, that's really that's, interesting. That's the thing that's so hard about being diagnosed with something like cancer is because there's no one thing that could have diagnosed it. And they couldn't, I mean, well, could have, uh, that's the word I'm looking for, that could have caused it. Mm. And then there's nothing that the doctors can tell you like oh you went to the nail shop that's why yeah or, you know you ate too much red meat yeah like you just never they know don't. and they can't pinpoint it either so that's mm. the frustrating part like what do I cut out in my life yeah to stop this from happening and you just don't know so it's kind of one of those things where like just live your life basically yeah do what you want to <laughs> do because whatever's supposed to happen gonna happen exactly anyway. <laughs> I I'm vegan-ish Mm -hmm. Right. Because I do believe like you familiar with Dr. Sabi mm -hmm. and his diet and everything like that. So I try to eat more like alkaline foods. Mm -hmm. You know, I do believe like different foods feed. We, apparently we already have cancerous cells in mm -hmm. our body. Right? right. And so we feed it or we don't. But I'll tell people all the time and I'm like, I do my best to like eat right. But mm -hmm. it's like, man, who knows if it's yeah. even going to help anything? Right. Who knows what happens in the yeah. future? It's wild because you don't. Yeah, I've read stories where women was like, I've been vegan for whatever, however amount of time and they still get diagnosed. So See. it's just, if it's just in your cards, I guess yeah. it's just in your cards. Um, I did go vegan when I was diagnosed. Okay. I, I've been eating meat again recently lately, but I want to go back yeah. to vegan because you can just tell the difference in your body Yeah, when you eat like dairy and meat and all the things my skin alone mm -hmm. i was like when i cut off dairy my like i used to have not even growing up i don't remember bad acne but like some mm -hmm. point in adulthood i was yeah. like what is happening right and then i cut out the dairy and i started to see a difference mm -hmm. i feel like i still break out where i'm like ain't i supposed to be over this right, right. now but it's not as bad as it was mm -hmm. and then even okay this is tmi but I just wrapped up my menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And when I say it was like three days mm -hmm. and I just did a 21 day raw vegan mm -hmm. challenge, like detox. And so for me, I'm like, I wonder if there is a correlation there. Right. right? Yeah. Because, yeah, that's interesting. We're all my crystal lovers. Whether that's you or someone you love, I have the perfect, perfect gift. 
shop our manifestation crystal tumblers. We have the largest selection of crystals to choose from. So no matter what you're trying to manifest, whether it's love, joy, peace, protection, we have the crystal perfect for you. Whether it's your zodiac sign. I know how much we love our zodiac signs. Shop the crystal tumbler that matches your zodiac sign and get the healing that you deserve. Healing in one, two, three easy steps. Fill your tumbler with water. Allow it to sit 20 to 30 minutes so that the water can absorb the vibration of the crystals. And then after that 20, 30 minutes is over, you drink the water, step three. And the water inside our bodies matches the vibration of the water that we are drinking and it will internally raise your vibration and activate your chakras and activate the cells within your body. So shop the largest selection now, perfect for fruit infused drinks, teas, and of course water. Shop now and get this healing delivered right to your doorstep. See you in checkout. Bye. I know for me like chicken, it just makes me tired. Really? Yeah. When I cut out chicken, because I don't really eat steak and beef okay. and pork and all of that. I don't really eat that. So when I cut out chicken, um, yeah, I really felt a big difference. That's it. And you also feel you got to be super in tune with yourself to even notice these right. things. Yeah. Because some people are like, I don't feel nothing. It's like, because you ain't really taking the time to like tune in. Right. And I honestly, I don't tune in a lot either. And mm -hmm. I think because my diet is already... I don't eat, like I said, I'm already vegan-ish. Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh, do you feel a big difference? And I'm like, my body doesn't have to detox as much right. as somebody who eats a lot of meat and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so you mentioned you went vegan. Are there other things that you did when you found out that you had? Um, no, I just cut out. I changed my diet, obviously. I stopped eating all, any and all junk food and chips and okay. all the things, candy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big candy eater, but I cut out all the sugars. Um, I cut out soy, so anything that has mm. soy, anything on the back, I wouldn't eat it. So I did that, and then surprisingly, I started working out more. Um, okay. People always look at me crazy when I tell them I was working out during chemo and stuff, but that just, it kept me going. Yeah. Like, I'm a big believer of... Like, even if you just get a cold, if you just lay in the bed all day, you're still going to be sick. Hmm. So I'm a big believer. Get up, move okay. around, you know, get your body like active that. because if you just sit in your sickness, you're going to be sick. Yeah. So. So at least you feel like you're doing something. Mm -hmm. Are these things that you chose to do because maybe your own research or you just wanted to? Or are these things that like maybe the doctor like recommended? They recommended it, but okay. I wanted to. Like I still work my full time job. I worked out every day. I I did a, still did a lot of stuff for myself. I was cooking my food. I was doing my laundry. Yeah. And everybody. My mom was like, sit down. Of course. And I was like, I'm. I'm a big, I don't need no help, Miss Independent. I'm, it's so hard for me to take. Most of us are. <laughs> to take on help. Like, people are like, you need help? Nope, I got it. I think I'm one And be struggling to it. Yeah. <laughs> you be like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> All the groceries in one hand. Yeah, like. But I just didn't want, I didn't want nothing to change. Like, yeah. I didn't want people. It's like, like some pity. People, yeah, people came over, like, uh, family members will come over and they'll have this look on their face. They don't even know that they're looking at me like I'm yeah. on my deathbed or something. Like, stop looking at me like yeah. that. Like, it's still, it's a normal Tuesday. <laughs> High five, whatever we do yeah. normally. Like, just treat me normal. Like, I don't want you to treat me like I'm sick. I'm, you yeah. know, we gonna get through it. Yeah. yeah. So, in a way, that kind of, like, it had a negative impact. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody coming over, because now you're, like... You're, first of all, you're reminding me of what this is while I'm mm -hmm. trying to mentally get out of that, right? right? Mm -hmm. 
That's an, I don't think people realize that either. They don't. Like, yeah, you like you said, there they was a look. They don't know what to say, too. I'm yeah. like... Which just makes it awkward. Yeah. Just, Would you rather just people not come over? Uh, no, I like the company. Okay. And I liked when everything was normal and we just talking like normal and yeah. we just the same little ha-ha, kiki and you know, I, I appreciated the um the company. Yeah. But if you're gonna come over here and be weird, <laughs> stay home. Okay, so if you could come over and be yourself, then yeah. you are, you're allowed. But mm-hmm. for those of us that was being weird, y'all yeah. need to stay away. Right. I feel I, that because I had a whole bald head just looking. I'm still yeah. <laughs> so then I do wanna do I made this up as I was thinking about our conversation, but like mm-hmm. a holistic audit. Mm-hmm. And so holistically like a uh, mind, body, spirit. What were you thinking in your mind as you was going through these things? Whew. All the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like fear of if I'm going to die. It was, well, what if this? Well, what if that? Am I going to mm-hmm. feel like myself again? Um, oh, yeah. That was pretty much like it was all the what ifs. Yeah. That kind of just take over. Okay. Like, um, and then you have these moments of, I'll be fine. I'm about to get through this. I'm a thug. I'm a right, right, right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm the a pep talk. This. Yeah. And working yourself, I mean, building yourself back up. Yeah. Um, sometimes to get out of my own head, meditation worked really well for me. Nice. And like, um, belly breathing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I really got anxiety after, um, after my diagnosis so yeah. sometimes I just have to step back and just just breathe and even then, now even now okay yeah and then so my so what about body what were you feeling in your body during this time mm, I think I want to say it wasn't too bad like other than like the nausea and stuff okay. I don't feel like anything hit me too bad because like I said I was working out I changed my whole diet mm. so I didn't really feel any like real effects of chemo other than like the nausea and fatigue and things like that. You know what this reminds me of? Not saying they're any type of similar, but I know like if I work all day and come home because you're active, right? You don't feel the tiredness, right? Right. But the minute you sit down, it like hits you. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what you're saying is like because you were so active throughout the day, still Mm -hmm. going to work, still doing all the things, you didn't really feel it. That's interesting because I already have this idea of like, no, it's the minute you sit down, it all catches up to Mm -hmm. you. And you're like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And so what about spiritually? You said you did some meditating. Mm -hmm. Did you feel any deeper connection to you know to yourself spiritually do you feel like there were maybe like you said you gave yourself the pep talk but did you feel any type of like anything else that was going on maybe spiritually that you were hearing or spiritually that you were feeling whether it was like your connection or anything else no um whenever I go through things it's kind of hard for me to uh be like oh god got me and it's kind of because I I I have this moment of why and why me yeah and you know but then it also brought me closer to God because I was like let me you know I'm gonna pray on it I'm gonna be good um I would go to church I went to church more often during that time too so I was like you know let me refocus and recenter myself yeah so I can you know have this positive outlook during this time yeah yeah because I can't sit in the negative thoughts so, yeah. <laughs> See, and I was going to ask yourself, like, 
I assume you had low moments, right? And For so I was sure. going to ask how you pulled yourself out of that. You already mentioned how you would meditate. You got a deeper connection with God. Were there any other things that you would do when you needed, though, you know, to pull yourself out of the funk? Mm, I think this is why I started our fight because mm. I felt alone. So I felt like I needed. I needed people around me that knew what I was going through. Like, right. it's cool. My friends will come over, my mom, my um, my dad, my sister. But it's like, you don't understand. Yeah. You just don't. And it's it's nothing wrong with that. But I need to talk to somebody who gets it. Yep. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start. Because I just felt like I was by myself. And then the organizations or the meetings that they were sending me to, they were like, older. White. Of course, of course, of course. You're like, nobody so, looks like me. So yeah, even that experience like wasn't the same because no. they have a different experience. Exactly, because they're older. They probably had kids already. I don't have kids. So yeah. um, my whole journey started off differently because I went through the IVF process of freezing my eggs um, before I started chemo because chemo can, um, mess up your ovaries. Wow. So I froze my, I was like, I'm not starting chemo until I do this process. So wow. I froze my eggs before. Okay. And then I know people that are my age, obviously that have kids, but that's just not the case for me. And I obviously want to in the future. So yeah. Yeah. Was that your idea or did you do research or is this like they were giving you the information and you made a decision of like, okay, wait, this um, is something I need to do. My best friend's mom actually brought it up. Um, okay. And then I kind of, to be honest, I couldn't do no research and I'm so thankful for my tribe. Like my first doctor's appointment, I probably had eight people in the room with me and they all had their own list of questions. Oh, your peop your tribe. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> they all had their own list of questions. Cause like I, I would break down every time I started looking up stuff and reading and you know, it's just a lot becoming a Google MD and yeah. it's, just, it's too much. So, um, they kind of did all the research and asked all the questions for me and I kind of would look into it a little bit and decide if I wanted to do it or not. So, yeah, um, when she brought up that, um, I definitely wanted to do it. And then a law had just passed that year, January 1st of 2020, um, that your doctor has to pay for um, that procedure, like freezing your eggs, if if you get diagnosed with something that could possibly prevent you from having. Wow. So you yeah. didn't have to worry about any of that. Wow. How was that process? It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me a whole new respect for women that have to go through that journey. Yeah. And aren't able to get pregnant because I was having to take all these hormone pills and stick my stuff, um, give myself the shots, yeah. like all the things I was going and getting my blood drawn like every other day. So it gave me a whole new outlook and respect for women that actually Oof. have to go through that journey. It's a, it's a lot. I would have never even thought about that. So yeah. shout out to the person in the tribe that <laughs> elevated that because I would have, yeah. and I've never heard that. And I don't think, I mean, I've known a small number of people who have actually gone through um, chemo and that whole process. Mm -hmm. And like to be able to even be an adult like this, to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I've, I've never heard that, yeah. but I'm happy that somebody elevated that for you. Yeah. So we were talking about you going through the journey, mm -hmm. um, what it was like when you first got diagnosed. You told us how you had a lot of meetings. Um, you had your tribe behind you. So I love that. I'm curious about 
How long were you, how long was your um, experience with chemo? How long did that last? Um, I started in, I was diagnosed in January. I went to, <laughs> I went to a wedding. So it was funny. I was like, I'm going to that wedding. So y'all going to start after that. Cause I need my last little hoorah before oh, I start I love this. It. Um, so I started, I want to say the, the first week of March in 2020. And okay. then I was done um, mid-July, beginning of August. In the same year? In the same year. Okay, explain what, what, what happened there. Because so that I, seems like that was a little bit of time. Um, so I, I went to chemo once a week, okay. every week. Um, and um, I had doctor's appointments in between times. And my tumor has shrunk a lot. Um, triple negative breast cancer usually responds really well to chemo. Got it. Okay. Um, so... Um, it shrunk a lot. So they were like, um, we're pretty good. We don't need to, you know, add any more. So from there I was scheduled for, um, surgery and <laughs> that was a lot too. <laughs> what was surgery for? Um, I had a double mastectomy. What is that? So I got both of my boobs removed. Okay. Both of my breasts removed. Um, so it was a, that was a hard decision because, um, Obviously, in the future, I will never be able to breastfeed my children or anything like that. So that was a hard decision. And they did give me the option to have um, a lumpectomy, which means they just um, take out the tumor part. Right. The tissues the that tissues, are affected. Yeah. Okay. Or I can just have a mastectomy on the affected side and leave the other side. But it was like the what ifs again. Yeah. What if it come back on the other side? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. So it was. That was a hard decision for me, but I was like, I'd rather have this peace of mind. Right. Um, it's still, you can still have them thoughts of reoccurrence and re it can still happen even though you had the double mastectomy, but it, was, it gave me more of a peace of mind okay. to just let them go. Right. Cause I, what I'm assuming is that you, you made a decision to do the lowest risk of it coming back. Right. right? Because I can assume if you remove the lump, and if there's still some tissues there, mm -hmm. they could affect the other tissues, right? Which is in one breast. Mm -hmm. Or you also mentioned that it could even pop up on the other breast. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I made the decision to part ways with them. Okay. <laughs> okay. And like you said, that was a hard decision, especially like mm -hmm. thinking about the future. Yep. Yeah. Nobody thinks about that. And I hated the fact that a lot of women that had kids and stuff like that will tell me how breast breastfeeding is overrated. That don't tell nobody. That. <laughs> like that, what? <laughs> it is so frustrating. But I'm like, you you breastfed your kids. I wanted I wanted that experience. Whether whether I did it for one day or if I did it for the whole year, it's the choice. It's my choice, and it's the healthier option for kids. And I won't be able to do that. There's so, so many benefits yeah. that we know, especially today, that exactly. we know about. And so exactly, so <laughs> that would drive me crazy. This is one of those things I want to put in that bucket of like, don't let's say. not speak on it. <laughs> let's not even speak on it because you don't know the experience. Mm -hmm. And I understand people want to comfort. Yeah. One of the things that I even found with myself, I'm like I just tell people like I'm sorry to hear that like mm -hmm. dang that's messed up right because you can't go too deep into it especially when you don't have that experience mm -hmm. you can't like it's so sometimes a lot of things seem like a slap in the face sometimes because yeah. like, <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> right and it's like I know you're trying to be helpful but yeah, it's not helping not, it's not don't 
you can't tell me what's overrated. It's not comforting. It's not. And telling people that they're getting a free boob job isn't comforting either. Be <laughs> like, I'd rather not have to get the boob job. Exactly. Because imagine me telling you, you getting your arm amputated. That's basically what happened to me. Yeah. I, they took my breast from me. So, yeah, I have these implants in now, but it's still not the same. Right. They're not They're. It's still not the same. So it's. It's not a free boob job. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some new things on here, but it's. I didn't want to. I was fine with my original. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you like they were doing me just well. Thanks. Right. I'm. I'm. I feel part partially speechless because I didn't know any of this. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a big part of it. Is, is going back to just the conversational aspect of like you and I being able to have this conversation to spread this awareness of like some of these things we think we're being comfort like it's right. a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Now what is it? The positive intent is there, yeah. but the impact yeah. is so much heavier than what we what we think. Really so is. for me, it's like that reminder of like think before you speak, mm-hmm. which I'm even trying to do like in this conversation, if I'm being transparent, because I don't want things to come out a certain way or even mm-hmm. if I'm trying to make connections in my mind of like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. This reminds yeah. me of something similar, just emotionally, mm-hmm. but also I'm a big believer of like two people that have the same experience will never have 100% no. identical experience. So we, there's no way for us to really fully understand what somebody yeah, is going through. No. Like one of my friends that was diagnosed with breast cancer, she caught hers really early. So she didn't have to go through chemo. Hmm. So, so we were talking and sometimes she feels like, you know, well, I didn't have that same experience as y'all. Like mine's wasn't, not that it was less deep, but it wasn't as severe. So she didn't have that same, you know, so she didn't get to go through that part of it, which is great for her. Right. Yeah. um, So yeah, it just, everybody's um, journey is different. Super. I mean, (sighs) this is interesting. Okay. So you went through chemo. I'm very happy to hear it was only a few months mm-hmm. because I'm used to hearing months after, yeah. you know, I was thinking towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had a short experience after you finished the chemo. You said you had a schedule to do the, the breast job was mm-hmm. after that. Double mastectomy. Adult, you did the double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you went in to get the boob job. Yeah, that was almost a year later. Okay. It was a while. Um, They put these things in called tissue expanders. um, In your body? Yeah, as like in your boob area. Okay. um, After your double mastectomy. Excuse me. And um, it's like this hard Mm. rock type of thing. And basically, you tell them how big you want your boobs. And then you just go in and they fill them up little by little to like slowly stretch your skin back out oh okay. um but then you have to leave them in for a while and then you do your reconstruction surgery so that's why the time frame was that long mm-hmm. okay so i wasn't completely done done um maybe until uh, oh, i want to say mid 2021 or september 2021 I wanna okay say. yeah so about why. a year and a half mm-hmm. okay yeah but it's yeah it's it's tricky because i remember when I was in middle school, my aunt was diagnosed with breast cancer okay. and she passed away at 39 mm-hmm. and it didn't register to me back then how young she was going through that. Yeah. And the fact that it's been happening for so long 
And now, like starting our fire, I'm like, oh, it's a lot of us out here. Not too, too many, but it's a lot. It's and a like, even for the women that, you know, had moms or aunts and stuff that went through that, I'd be like, have you had a genetics test? Go see if you have the gene. There's a gene. Yes, there's two. There's a BRCA1 and a BRCA2. Those were like, BRCA gene is like the main one that's going to, that means that you're most likely have breast cancer. Really? Yeah. And then there's other little ones. I don't know the names, but um, BRCA is the main one. And this is just if, does it have to be your mom or is it anybody in the family? Um, it's it's more likely on your maternal side. Got it. So like my aunt that passed was on my dad my dad's sister. Okay. Um, so they were kind of like, well, that's not on your maternal side, so it's kind of really no correlation. Got it. Um, but yeah, nobody on my mom's side had it, and I was when I did my genetics test, all of them came back negative for cancer genes. Okay. So I didn't have no cancer genes at all. It just I was that one in eight. One in eight is still like, that's common. Yeah. And even like you said, like, you don't think about it until you start to think about it. Mm -hmm. Like if I really sat down, I probably could name up to five people. Like now mm -hmm. names are popping up of like women I know that have experienced it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, some that have transitioned, some that have not. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it, I'm like, wow, this actually is a lot. Like, this is more than six degrees of separation. Yeah. Uh -huh. And if when I when you say one to eight, I think if I lined up eight people. One of us. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm thinking, I never heard about the gene. Mm -hmm. So I'm also thinking about, like, I need to tell some of my friends, too, that I know, like, it was like, mm -hmm. I know someone, it was their mom. Yeah. Like, and you may, maybe she's heard this before. I don't know, because mm -hmm. we haven't had those type of conversations. But I'm curious, like. I'm going to make sure I hit her up. Like, um, yeah, have you heard about that? Because mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. So then, so then now, well, one question before I move on. Mm -hmm. Out of That was a year and a half process, about 18 months, give or take. Yeah. Is there anything when you look back and you reflect over, over that experience, mm -hmm. are there any things that you wish you would have done differently or that you, maybe things you would have known or, you know, anything mm -hmm. like that? No. Yeah. To be honest, no. Um, I feel like I did all the things that I wanted to do, even still. Um, I still stayed active. I stayed yeah. away from people because um, of the pandemic. Obviously, I didn't want to get sick, so mm. that was a little tough. Um, luckily, mom, I think I had a couple chemo sessions before the lockdown. Okay. So... Um, I think my mom and my best friend, I think I had maybe three sessions before they were like, I think the fourth session, they turned my mom right back around. It was like, uh -uh. oh, got so it. all the rest of them, I had to go in there and thug it out by myself. It's fortunate that you were able to have your mom and, you know, those people there at the beginning. Yeah. Cause I can't even imagine Being... to start this process mm -hmm. by yourself. I know. And the, talk about the impact that would have right. had of like. I'm already freaked out about all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can't have nobody here with yeah. me. Yeah. So I was luckily in, lucky in that sense. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> and you were going once a week. So that, that's a lot of time to mm -hmm. be there. Yeah. When you're there, what does that look like? Because I know you, mm -hmm. you told me you started our fight while you're actually going through chemo. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, too. I've only seen, I guess images from movies mm -hmm. where they're just they sitting there 
They like in a little. I haven't even seen a circle. No, <laughs> no, I just seen people in a room, and actually, I might have seen clips that people have posted of their loved ones that have gone through the process. Mm-hmm. But it's there. You're connected. Is it like an IV? Yeah. So um, I know some people get a port put in in their what chest. Is a port? It's like um, it's like a device that they put in, and then they connect um, connect your IV to it, and it goes into your okay. your system. I chose not to do that because that was another like little surgery thing yeah. that they put, and I was like, eh. Um, so me and my you're veins, like limit as much as I can. Yeah, me and my veins thugged it out. They gave me hell at the end, mm, <laughs> but okay. um, I had one right here at one point. Like they would just wherever they whatever they could find. Yeah. Why would the, why do you have to move it? Like why would I need to give this? So I would break? switch arms because I went every week. Um, so I would switch arms just to give one arm a break. Do you bruise? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I would just, and then sometimes I guess they just didn't want to cooperate. So they would have to find other places to put it. Mm. So yeah, like I said, I had one in my hand I was going to say, I think sometimes you go to the doctor in my hand. Yeah. So wherever they could, they could get one in. Um, but as far as the chemo room, it was like a little sweet. It was. Are you saying it was kind of nice? Because <laughs> when you say sweet, I'm thinking it's so, giving luxury. Like what a, little, a little bit. Okay. So like, um, so like you said, when you see it on TV, it's kind of like a bunch of people in the same room yeah. playing cards or something like that. Um, but no, I had. Um, it was times where I shared a room with somebody, but there was like a big divider in okay. between us. So you have your own, like, maybe like this much space, like okay. we're in now. And I had my recliner and my little table and my TV. Yeah. So I had my own little, my little private space. So, um, there was nothing like you would think that, or what you would see on TV. It was nothing like that. I had in my a good own way. Little area. Yeah, <laughs> in, in a, a good way. way. Yeah. And then how long, do, is it an hour? How long are you there? It depends. Mm-hmm. So some days. I would be there for two hours and then some days I would be there from four to five. Why? Um, so some days I would only get one medication, one chemo medication. And then at like, so it was like the start of every cycle for me, Mm. I would have to do two. So that kept me there longer. Mm. But then that following week, I would just have that one, which was a little easier on me. Okay. So that's why. Okay. So I'm curious now, I want to fast forward to the future. So we started off from the very beginning of when you got the call. Mm -hmm. We went through that process, this 18 months, what that looked like. Present day, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know if I introduced you as Cynthia or CJ because I was like, I, I, was, I didn't know what to say. Uh, do people still call you CJ? Everybody does. They do? Okay. Yeah. So Cynthia feels weird. A little bit. You're like, nobody calls me Cynthia. <laughs> okay. Right. So CJ. Because I still be like Lil P when I talk to her. I'm like, hey, Lil P. Yeah. So weird now. Like, we really have the weirdest names for each other. But um, so present day CJ. Mm-hmm. What does, what does life look like for you that has, I mean, that experience shapes who we are, right? right? Like every experience shapes who we are. So that experience shaping who you are, what does life look like for you having gone through that? Are there things, like you said, you do, you were doing meditations then. Mm -hmm. Is that something you still do? You mentioned like, um, you got really close to God during that process. Is that something that also rolled over? So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are some things that are a part of who you are now that maybe we're not a part of who you were before that experience. Um, meditation is definitely still a part of it. Um, I probably kind of fell off on my church going, but I'm trying to get back. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. 
every day. I still wake okay. up. Thank you for, you know, thank you for another day. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of like I had more time because we was in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go. I was working from home. So, so you was kind of like I had, yeah, <laughs> I had more time to like, you know, focus on those right. things. But I definitely do still meditate. Um, but CJ now, it's still a struggle. Like nobody yeah. talks about life after cancer. They like, oh, you good? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm not. Cause now I'm sitting in it and I'm thinking about all the like all the emotions kind of just rush to you once you're done because it's kind of like you're just going through the motions during that time and then now I'm like what now hmm. and then it's also the constant reminders. So like I choose to keep my hair short. I ain't I ain't growing it back. Yeah. But still, sometimes it when looks I look so good it, too. <laughs> so you're you. like, oh no, this works. Yeah, but sometimes I'll look in the mirror and it'll hit me. Like I'll have that reminder. Like I'll miss my hair in that moment, or like I'll be checking my boobs and just see the scars, and it's like a constant reminder. Um, I have a cancer medication that I have to take once a day. That's a constant reminder. Like you still have all of these reminders. So it. I would say it's adjusting to your new normal. Life doesn't just go back to what it was pre-diagnosis. You have to learn how to adjust to your new normal. Like it's never going to be the same. You're going to have these oncology appointments every six months or however often that you have them. So it's kind of like, oh shit, I got an appointment coming up. Is it a reoccurrence? I don't know. Man, it come back. I don't know. My arm be hurting. I'll be like, "Mm." What's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Every it's nothing. Thing, Any yeah. little thing is like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> but then you go to your oncology appointments and they're like, okay, you're good. And I'm like, it's a sign of relief. But then like three, four months later, right before that next six months appointment, here it come again. You feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a constant journey. Uh, it's, you have to just stay positive and just keep focused on what you want to do or, Things that keep you, you know, grounded because it's no turning back. It's you just have to adjust to this new normal, this new finding yourself again. Yeah. Because I I mean I lost myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was adjusting to my new body and all the thing, everything was weird. Yeah. And I was put put in menopause while I was doing chemo doing chemo. So I started having hot flashes. So that much. is a that is a so lot much. to process mentally while I'm sitting here. So yeah. I can't even imagine to yeah. go through. It was like you just fast forwarded through a lot of life experiences, right? Because IVF, we don't think about that until mm-hmm. you know. I hear about older folks thinking right. about. I'm saying older, and I'm thinking forty. <laughs> like, and I mean older as in older than us, yeah. right? Because I look at. I don't know. I like the different deck in my mind. I like breaking up the decades. Right. So I hear or I see more of like 40 year olds that start to talk about IVF. Right. Menopause. I Mm still, I'm like, I had to Google that recently. I was like, what age are you supposed to have menopause? Just because I was curious. Mid forties, I think. Is it? See, I was thinking like fifties or sixties. I'm like, when does that start? I want to say like maybe mid to late forties. Okay. So you fast forwarded, boom, you hit, you have to go through that. So what they did was they used, they would give me this shot um, that basically put my ovaries to sleep. So basically my ovaries stopped work. Why? Basically stopped working. So um, so my body felt like it was going through menopause because when you go through menopause, you know your period goes mm-hmm. away and all the things. So 
I didn't have a period my whole time. And that was to protect my ovaries from the chemo. Oh. So I, cause, cause I was telling them like, I still want to try to have a baby the natural way. Heck yeah. Ain't nobody paying for no surrogate. I already can't breastfeed. Like, yeah. let me carry my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that was one of the things they did to protect my ovaries during okay. that time. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. So one of the things you mentioned earlier was about the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Is that, is everything you explained about like going to the doctor, is that connect, that's part of the anxiety that you were referring to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I said, the constant reminders, like you have these moments of, oh shit, what if? Yeah. So that's, it all kind of connects back to that. And you said something I really want to highlight on because you mentioned one of the things that you have to do post this experience is remind yourself of the things that keep you grounded. Mm-hmm. What are some of those things for you? Um, I, I admit I fell off for a while because I kind of got in this, I don't want to say depressed state afterwards, but um, I just kind of got in this funk of what now and, yeah. you know, so, um, but working out, keeps me grounded i like doing yoga too um and med- and like i said meditation okay. those are things that kind of like just make me feel like myself again or make yeah. me feel healthy again because um i just i had this moment of just letting myself go like i'm not doing nothing <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's just a healing process because it's kind of like what like i said what now yeah. what do i do like yeah. What what motivates you? Because I'm just also like, wow, at how transparent you are mm-hmm. to put all of this stuff on display. Right. To put your experience on display um, to talk about breasts because we don't talk about breasts. Like, <laughs> like this is a whole thing. I was Did like, you I'm, take your breasts this month? <laughs> you know, like and I didn't. <laughs> But I will. <laughs> but like, I don't even think I've said breast this many times yeah. in one like sitting. But what what motivates you to to step up and have like lead this conversation? The other women, the women after me, uh, the women like my aunt before me that couldn't, that didn't, weren't, wasn't able to tell their story or didn't have enough time to tell their story. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the women after me, because it was like, like I said, I didn't have nobody there with me. So I, I started my own community and I do it for them. Like sometimes I have my days where I don't want to talk about cancer. Like you yeah. started this whole nonprofit about breast cancer, <laughs> but you don't want to talk about it. And sometimes I don't. And then that's, you need a day. Yeah. You and know? that's a part of having your tribe because there's times where um, so we do weekly meetings every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I, I just have my days where I'm like, it's today is not the day to ask me nothing about cancer. I don't, I don't want a cancer today. Yeah. So, um, like I'll have, I'll ask one of my friends to host it or something like that. So okay. I, I take my days where I'm like, you know, I just it's block it out. Yeah. yeah. But the girls keep me going. Cause they're like, they sometimes they admire me because like I said I worked and I worked out and did all the things and they're like how yeah (laughs) but I just I just had to keep going and like I said I started our fight in my chemo chair I was at chemo with with my computer with my little IV in my heart yeah um so just bringing more awareness and like 
Because I didn't even think about breast cancer before 40. Because we not. Because that's what I? they always talk about, 40, or you don't need one yet. Like, even today, you have my whole um, medical record in front of you, and I'll still get a call from the nurse. And she'll be like, have you had your mammogram? Oh, you don't need one yet because you're not 40. My whole history is in front of you. If anything, you should be telling me to get one. Yeah. So, um that keeps me going too. Like I need to tell the girls to go get it and fight for it because they will send you home. Yeah. If you're under 40 and I'm like, if you want one, nah, fight for it because yeah, I don't, I don't, I want more women to detect it early. You catch it early. It saves your life. So, um, yeah, that keeps me going just to bring in awareness to it. This just reminds me too of like, I feel like there's a layer of, I don't know. It's my thing. I don't know if it's also a black thing, a female thing. I don't know. But like, I don't like going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And that's like a layer of it. Person, yeah. yeah, that's a layer. Um, I was never scared to go to the doctor before. I am now, though, because hmm. it's like, I don't want to know. I don't want them results again. I don't want to hear that bad news again. So now I have anxiety going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But before it didn't bother me. But now, I mean, I mean, I've heard that a lot, especially like black men. <laughs> they don't want to go to the that. doctor. Yeah. But, um, no, my anxiety of going to the doctor kicked in afterwards because I don't want you to tell me nothing else is wrong. You know, it's interesting, too. It's a whole thing with talking about men, because I there was like a study done and it says like married men like live longer mm-hmm. and like they're healthier. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea of like the women are pushing men like yep. you need to go to the doctor. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And. It's the opposite in my relationship, honey. Be like, yeah. well, I'll tell him stuff, and he'd be like, mm, I don't think it's that serious. When I was like, oh wait, that felt weird. This is something. Uh, we be playing doctor. I'd be like, this don't feel right. What you think? Like, <laughs> but then like he will tell me like, yeah, you might need to go, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go. Yeah, you know, that's my mom to my dad. Like, see, yeah. no, seriously, we do, and I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm gonna wait and see, and it's like, what you waiting for? Exactly. Like, like, imagine if I didn't go to the doctor and I was like still waiting to see. It could have. Like I said, I had an aggressive one. Yeah. I was diagnosed with an aggressive one. So if I would waited any longer, it probably would have spread or it probably would have went higher in stages. So luckily, I caught it at stage two, which is still relatively early. So it's interesting to me that the that and I said it a little bit when you mentioned it, but how you went the first time and they were diagnosing you without any tests. Mm-hmm. See, I just mumped it. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> but like, that's weird. I know I did have an experience where I felt something and I went to the doctor. It was over here and I went to the doctor. They did the ultrasound. I forgot what they said, but I remember thinking like, I know our lip nodes are here too. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, like you said, Google MD, like we'll have you like diagnosing yourself thinking it's cool. Mm-hmm. But I do have like, that experience alone for me was like, like when you talk about having to hold your breath to see, because at this point I was exposed to so many other women mm-hmm. who I've seen. Yeah. And I, like I said, I just, I have, I don't know. I just want to give you flowers for being mm-hmm. able to have this conversation about it because this yeah. is such a heavy experience. I even feel like this conversation has been heavy and yeah. eye opening for me to mm-hmm. be like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. This is because I swear I feel like high school was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we too young to be having to be adults and grown ups out. Like this is a <laughs> lot. Um, I I want to say thank you. You're welcome. Again, the gratitude. Thank you for having me. All the girls need to know. 
this went deeper than I expected. So I just have like even more gratitude. Like I learned so much and I was I was looking forward to it mm-hmm. and I just wasn't ready for everything that I've learned. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um I wanna segue into our healing hint. Mm-hmm. So the healing hint is an opportunity for us to just give a suggestion and some advice, something that, mm-hmm. you know, the goddesses can work on at home, something they can implement into their lives. It can be something that we stamp that we've talked about before that you just want to be like, yo, this is something we need to do or this is something you could do. It can be something completely new. Mm -hmm. It also can be something something um, unrelated. Um, I kind of have two. Um, One would just be to keep your body healthy. Mm. So whatever that means for you. So if that means working out and exercising, if that means changing up your eating habits, drinking less often, like whatever that means for you, I would definitely say to do what makes your body feel the the best. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would also say, um, don't use your um, experience or your diagnosis or your trauma or whatever to stop you from doing what you want to do. Because, hmm. so, like I said, I started our fight from my chemo chair. I also started a business from my chemo chair. So, um, for me, that was like the eye opener I needed. Like, you just got diagnosed with cancer. If you don't start this business, you've been wanting to start it. Why are you procrastinating? What you waiting Ain't on? nobody got time to, you know, put it to the side. So, yeah, I mean, that was an eye opener for me, but it gave me something to focus on mm-hmm. and it motivated me to keep going because now I want to see this into fruition. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say even if you don't start a business, just to find a hobby or whatever you like, if you like to, I don't know, rollerblade or something, anything, um, just make more time for mm-hmm. that um, so that it gives yourself something else to focus on and keep pushing forward. And I was, I'm thinking too, like passion is such a huge motivator because like, you know, I started this podcast, but even 2020 is when I actually started entrepreneurship as Mm -hmm. well. And I never seen myself as an entrepreneur, but when I tell you, like I risk my sleep to work Mm -hmm. on this business, it does, it's when they say it doesn't feel like work, it really doesn't. Cause I, even just my ideas, like Mm -hmm. I just be writing down my notes, like I, and I get lost in it. Uh-huh. Like, honey told me this week I took the week off. And he's like, I'm surprised you haven't been working as much. <laughs> but I told him, I said, I go so hard when I'm going hard yeah. that I told myself, like, no, it's time to rest. Yeah, remember and to rest. rest. Yes. yes. And so, but I, passion is a motivator that I don't know if people realize that, uh-huh. how big that is. Because really you is. don't, I'm not tired. No. <laughs> I ain't tired. I'm up until 11. I'm up at 3.30 in the morning, like, mm-hmm. when I'm in. Because baby got goals. <laughs> like, exactly. I realized, I was like, you, I had to make the time, right? right. So I was like, no, I'm up. And yeah. I'm doing sh- sh- the meditations in the morning. So I love that advice about, like, having something passionate, right? Mm-hmm. Having a hobby. <sighs> Look at everything you got done mm-hmm. just from sitting in that. It was That was like being still in that moment, yeah. right? Forced you to focus and tune mm-hmm. in on that stuff. I I kind of joke about this all the time. I'm like, God, you could have sent me a DM if you wanted me to start a business or start yeah. art fight. Like, you could have, you know, sent me a little text message on the side or something. But, you know. <laughs> you could have came in a dream. Right. Like, you need to start this. Right. You could have, I mean, you could have just slid in my DMs and let uh, me know. But, you know, it was a part. I just, why not me? It had to be somebody. So, why not me? Um, I just, I had to go through my journey. That way I can help other people. So, 
and I, I've said this a million times to you on this on this uh, episode, but offside offline that like it's the under forty for me. Yeah, it's that's what it is for me because it's so important. Yeah. It's so important. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's happening to real folks our age, and we think it ain't gonna be us. Yeah. We think it can't happen. To, like like you said, even the doctors calling you saying like, oh, you're under forty, so no, don't worry about it. No. I'm still little does she know. Obviously, she didn't check my chart. Obviously, she just calling numbers on a list. Little does she know I didn't been through all the things already, but I don't want to go through it again. So schedule my stuff. Right, right. <laughs> don't be taking me out the line. And you said one in eight women get diagnosed with breast cancer. With breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And obviously, minority women get diagnosed at later stages. Mm-hmm. And pass at greater rates because, you know, we don't have all the information or our doctors are sending us home. I was going to say. We're not doing our self-breast checks. We're not, you know, all the educating ourselves. So that's what I'm here for. To let you guys know. (laughs) Okay. Can you, so you asked me if I checked my my boobs today and I didn't. So what, before we segue what what am i supposed to do when i'm checking so because i'm gonna do this when you leave so (laughs) i need to know um so i guess you can just look in the mirror you can do it lying down or most of the time i think i do it in the shower but um my anxiety i'll be out at a restaurant like you don't care yeah um but you just want to lift your arm up and go around your armpit just to feel for okay. anything. Because like you said, your lift nodes can um, be enlarged too. Yeah. So you want to feel um, okay. in your armpit. And then you want to kind of just like use your like fingers to like circle. Around, oh, okay. Circle around your breast. And even check like this area too because you um, it's lift nodes up here too. Right, yeah. Um, so I would check that area. And then the same thing on this side. Okay. For any lumps and bumps or anything that just feels unusual. It I'll can... go in depth later. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Crystal. It can also be like um, any leaking from your boob or if you have like mm. a red kind of like a rash or maybe your nipple looks kind of like indented or something like that. Okay. Um, those are also signs that... Um, it could be breast cancer. So it doesn't always come in the form of a lump. Okay. That's also good to know because we mm-hmm. think it's only lumps. Right. I remember my cousin had a surgery when she was in high school. Um, again, I was younger, so I don't remember what happened. I just know she had a surgery because they found something in her boob. Mm-hmm. And I remember reaching out to her a few years ago to ask her. Again, this had to be because I was seeing more people around yeah. me that were you know, being exposed or at least... Um, diagnosed Mm -hmm. and so I remember reaching out to her and she did tell me like it wasn't cancer but it was um what's the benign right so like not cancerous but it was there so I remember I think they went like through her armpit type of thing Mm -hmm. and got it out but I just remember like for me I'm just like going back like yo what happened because there's like you said so many things happen when we're young and we don't even Mm -hmm. realize what it is and so now we look, well, for me, and now and I'm like, oh, shoot. I just told honey last night, I said, I need to reach out to my aunts to ask them about, ask them about my grandmother, who I remember she was in the hospital. And what was that about? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's so many questions. Yeah, like, and, even if it's not breast cancer, just knowing your family history, yes. period, and staying on top of that. So, like, if you know high blood pressure runs in your family, why are you eating that salt, ma'am? Because <laughs> so, it's tradition, and this is what we do. Right, so... Um, it's a family recipe. Yeah, so if anything, <laughs> uh, like I said, it, it makes you 
become in tune with your body and mm-hmm. like this don't feel right this don't feel right mm-hmm. so um knowing your family family history in any aspect is a plus that's a big one and now i'm real i've been real big on like my ancestry lately mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where those thoughts came from but man medical history so many times we'll be at the doctor be like i don't know exactly. i don't know like i don't know nothing <laughs> we gotta have these conversations i'm gonna have these conversations i hope y'all have these conversations because we do need to know and like you said Mm -hmm. if we know these things the high blood pressure high cholesterol all these things are in the history exactly and people say it with confidence all the time like oh yeah that's just in the family it don't gotta be in the family but we just we want to be that pork chop down (laughs) we want to be married to these family traditions and it's gonna take us out Mm -hmm. nope your family will make you a separate meal if they need to you know i'm that person because me with my little vegan i'll be having to eat before i come or (laughs) let me bring some pasta salad or something i can eat because they ain't gonna look out for me no they gonna have all the high blood pressure stuff because i have (laughs) i have a cousin that's pescatarian so my family is pretty good at um, making sure we have something for everybody. I love that. Yeah. Cause you know that don't happen everywhere. <laughs> they be like, "Oh, we got some carrots over there. We got, or it's just a salad. We got a right. salad. Like, I don't want to eat a salad I can't eat every time. <laughs> or the salad be having cheese mm-hmm. and chicken oh, and eggs. Your, your salad don't need all that. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, we got some vegan stuff. And I swear, I'm like, I'm not, I can't eat the cheese. I'm not going to eat the cheese. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about, so I want to go into our healing on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So this is the part of the episode where I just talk about some of the events we have coming up. And I also want to give you some time to talk about some events that you have coming up. Because I'll be seeing you (laughs) outside um, representing. And I don't know if it's things that you put on yourself I feel like it's, I've seen both, like things that you yeah. host yourself and then you also attend different things. So I want to actually, we can start with you, actually. What, what, you, what healing you got coming up? <laughs> um, so coming up um, the end of August, I believe the date is August 26th. We are doing a breasty brunch and shoot. So um, for the past two years, I have put on a photo shoot for um, women either on their healing journey, life after cancer or still going through treatment just to give them a time to have some self-care, self-love, take some pictures so they can feel like themselves again, you know, Um, a little model, a little modeling and then um, have a little drinks and get to know other women around us um because like I said my my breasties um I don't know what I would do without them because like I said they know exactly what I'm going through and what I'm talking about um like I said I can talk to other people all day but they don't understand right they will never understand yeah um so my breasties mean everything to me and so I I want other women to come together and find if they don't have a breastie or just find their community of women that knows exactly what they're going through um so yeah it's a time to mingle have fun um take pictures and all the things um so that registration will actually be up on the website tomorrow Um, so by the time this drops yeah y'all can write all right cool so i'm gonna share this out uh definitely register for that and then also in october we have our breast cancer walk um this year is scheduled for october 14th okay um so that will be up maybe sometime in july registration for that will start um so yeah come out bring your people how does that work i've never been to a breast cancer walk how does that work what do you Um, what do you do 
So I just bring everybody together. It's just a way for us to bring awareness to, okay. you know, everything. Um, so um, all of you there, people donate. Dollar donations go towards, you know, our fight and our mission. Um, so we can send out things like care packages. And mm -hmm. if you're not going through treatment, I send out self-care kits. And there's a... Um, there's a form on our website and you can write down like it's specifically curated to that person. So no two boxes are going to be the same. So if you um, depending on where you're at in your journey, like if you're going through chemo or you're going through radiation at this time, so your boxes will be completely different. So we completely curate them to whatever you're going through at that time. OK, um, so. The donations could go through that. Um, yeah, we just do like maybe a mile, mile and a half walk and bring awareness, have okay. a good time. Um, I'm hoping this year will be a little bigger and we can have um, some vendors and things like that. Mm, so, yeah. Okay. By the way, I love Breasty. Yeah. That's super <laughs> cute. Um, and I also just want to highlight and emphasize the, the importance of community. Yes. Right? Like... Mm -hmm. I've been really heavy on that lately. Mm -hmm. And so like just to know this exists and you have me at the weekly calls. Yeah. I was like that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I love that. Shout mm -hmm. out to you. <laughs> um, some of the healing highlight or the healing we have on the horizon for House of Divinity. You mentioned mm -hmm. you like yoga. Yeah. We actually have a comedic yoga plus sound bath healing mm -hmm. experience. Okay. Have you heard of comedic yoga? No. So Kemet having to do with ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. So basically there are movements and poses that our ancestors in ancient Kemet did. Mm -hmm. These are poses that you see on the temples and the tombs in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And these poses actually help transfer the energy of the sun throughout the body. Mm -hmm. And so it actually helps you to, to like activate your higher self and mm -hmm. get more in tune with like your, um, your higher consciousness mm -hmm. and so for me it's the sorry mike <laughs> it's the seeing the same tombs that we are doing actually on the pyramids mm -hmm. and these tombs being related to the gods and goddesses of egypt and mm -hmm. things like that okay. and so we'll do comedic yoga have a um, practitioner coming in and then we'll end with the sound bath meditation nice. so if you could make that that'd be cool because i know right. we also talked about this a little bit but this will be uh sunday july 16th Okay. So, and then all my sound baths in July are all on Sundays. So the second, we have a self-love sound bath okay. uh, meditation. And then the 30th is a Sunday. We have a self-care sound bath. Okay. So. I will definitely make it out to one of them. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. I feel with the committed yoga, I've been pushing that. I'm like, I did that with the practitioner and I'm usually like hyper aware of like my surroundings where mm -hmm. I'm like not fully relaxed. Yeah. But I realized I was like, I was so in tune with her and I was like disconnected from everything else. I was just thinking like everybody should experience yeah. comedic yoga mm -hmm. at least once. Yeah. Especially because you got to get something together for the breasties to yes. come out and experience them. Yes. Yeah. We need to talk about that too. Yes. That would be great for me. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. We need to talk. Let's do it. <laughs> we, um, that's all I have. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you, where they can support? Um, I don't know which platforms you want to highlight. You can highlight everything, but where, you know, where can the people find you? Um, they could find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Um, okay. but, um, 
um, on Instagram is pretty much our main one, but you can um, and Facebook because they're all connected. Somehow. Okay, but yeah, um, rfight.org um, is the website, and then rfight Inc is the Instagram, and then, and then it's just the letter R, okay. and then fight yeah. Inc. I was like, yeah, because I know people are like, our, and they're not no, going to find not it. our. Got it. So <laughs> it's a little play on words. I love but, it. Yeah. So the letter R with fight, and then on Instagram, that's it, R fight. R fight Inc. On Inc. Instagram, okay. and then rfight.org is the website. Yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. I want to say thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is so exciting. Okay. I don't know why. I told her before we started, I was like, I just got real hot and real nervous. I was like, are you hot? She was like, no. I was like, okay, just me. Okay. And I don't know why I'm so nervous. I don't know. I just knew this was a serious conversation that I wanted yeah. to have. And I guess for me, like, I didn't want to miss anything or Sometimes forget anything. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for people who don't go through it, too. So. And I want, I don't want to offend right. in any way. So I really hope nothing I right, said today, <laughs> because it is like, like we highlighted the the insensitivity and then mm-hmm. just the, the not knowing, right? Yeah. Intent versus impact. Mm-hmm. And so I also wanted to tread lightly around that, right. um, which I'm not used to treading lightly. <laughs> like I really no, you're, don't. You're good. You're good. Um, But yeah, y'all, that has been another episode of the House of Divinity podcast. Remember, you are a whole goddess out here. And it's always a great day to live as such. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in to the House of Divinity podcast, where we have divine discussions for the gods and goddesses who want to raise their vibration activate and align their chakras and really just tap in and be their most divine goddess self. Thank y'all for tuning in. Remember, we also have our e-commerce store where you can shop custom crystal jewelry, home and beauty healing essentials such as crystal facial rollers, candles that are infused with herbs, essential oils, crystals, and so many more things. Check that out at houseofdivinitybyktg. House of Divinity by KTG.com. Also, if you are in the LA area and would love to join us for one of our healing events, LA is it, Los Angeles, go ahead and go to House of Divinity by KTG.com and go ahead and pull up on me. Also, if you're interested, we have our goddess retreat coming up. So go ahead and check that out as well. I look forward to meeting you. Thank you. Leave some comments. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Go ahead. If you have a question about anything, you want to talk to me about anything, feel free to send me an email at houseofdivinitybyktg at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you in my DMs, in my email, in the comments. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time. Bye.